Hello, welcome to the Building Through Him podcast. I'm Mary Jo Parrish, and this episode comes from our conference. This is Father Stephen Felicia. He's our Kingdom Builder spiritual advisor. This is his homily where he is discussing the power and the prayer of St. Therese of Lisieux. My home parish, my dear sisters and daughters, my home parish is St. Therese in Wayndale. The saints, they stalk us. <laughs> That's the secular expression of it. The church fathers were much, much better at it. They would say that the saints were more faithful to us than we are to the saints. In modern parlance, they follow us around. Sometimes you even get sick of them. It's foolishness on our part. They never tire of us. St. Therese, she's followed me my whole life, and I didn't notice it. Till one day, she grabbed me by my face. Basically, I was in seminary, and I was cleaning the, the altar, and the altar was attached to the tabernacle. It's a high altar. And that summer, I was going to go be with a priest who had a massive, massive devotion to St. Therese. She, she didn't stalk him. They were, they were best friends. They were partners in crime, practically. <laughs> Therese would start a thought, and he'd finish it. It was great. I had never had a relationship like that with a saint, truly, aside from maybe St. Barbara. That's a story for another time. And I said to myself, as I'm, I'm there getting ready to, I'm cleaning up because we're, we're about to pack up and leave, because I was wrapping up sacristan duties. And I said, St. Therese, you know, you just, I know you hang around this priest, so I guess I'm going to be hanging around you. So be ready with me, for me, please. As I'm cleaning the altar, I look down, and there is the tiniest, littlest flower of a rose lying next to the tabernacle. And it's, <gasps> it's real. And I literally, like, I touched it, and I picked it up. I was like, no way. I looked at it, and I put it back down, and I picked it back up again. I was like, should I take this? Or? I said, no, no, somebody probably left it here for Jesus. So I put the rose back. I left it. She followed me around. She followed me around all that summer break. It wasn't really a break. They have us work in the churches. You basically shadow priests. It's a good way to learn. And it was so funny. Because up until that time, my dear sisters and daughters, I was very good, very good. I had been in the Army nine years. I was very good at interacting with men. That's all there really was. It was great. <laughs> I know you don't believe me. <laughs> I liked it fine. But like, seriously, West Point was 12% women. Uh, the army ain't much better, it wasn't at the time. And you know, you were in Afghanistan, you weren't exactly talking to the ladies. And I was stationed in Alaska, it's cold outside, you don't run into anybody. <laughs> 
and I'd been a Boy Scout, and there had only been seven girls in my grade school class. It's whatever. I had zero, oh, not zero, I had two sisters. I, I knew I wanted to stay away from women. We could fight like cats and dogs. <laughs> Anyways. I hadn't really had interaction with the gentler sex. And this good priest, this mentor of mine, he's very good to me still, he says, you need to ask God to fill up what's lacking in your life. So I said a prayer to St. Therese, and I said, well, what, how, how should I, what do I need, what am I lacking? Being an ignorant man, I have no idea. And without warning, he suddenly put three young ladies in my life who attended this parish. Now that sounds dangerous for a seminarian, but, but I knew I shouldn't panic. At this point, I was certain of my vocation, and it was Therese who held my hand, who pointed me towards these three lovely young women. And suddenly I had sisters of a different sort, and it was most shocking. It was gloriously childlike, the friendship that grew up between me and them, and that still persists to this very day. It was in their gentleness and their advanced spirituality for their age. It was a beautiful thing to behold their love and their reverence of the priesthood and for seminarians, their kindness to me. They literally didn't want anything from me other than my friendship. It was an incredible encounter, one of the most unique of my life. And little Therese had made the arrangements so quietly, so easily, she taught me how to be like a child making friends. That's how she learned, and she won't stop following me. I just came back from Rome 48 hours ago. <laughs> the first place we stopped, and I warned them too. I just knew she had a hand in everything. I told my pilgrims, I said, you be looking out. There are gonna be roses everywhere. There's gonna be all kinds of signs. We went to go see the holy face of uh, Melipolo, if I'm saying that right, who knows? I've, it was 48 hours ago, I'm jet-lagged, that's my excuse, here we go. St. <laughs> Therese had a devotion to the holy face of Jesus Christ, a massive one. As dedicated as she was to the child Jesus, more so was she dedicated to the holy face. And so we go to see this, this miraculous image and as we walk up to the church, on the church doors, which are these beautiful, ornate, everything's beautiful in Italy, carved into it, is written in Italian a script. And at the bottom of the script, it says, St. Teresa of Lisieux. She had a quote about how much she loved the holy face of Jesus Christ. And the pious people of Italy had carved it into the door before you went in to see the relic. Well, there she was. Every day, you couldn't help but pass by rose bushes, or the petals would show up 
Someone would claim they smelled roses. I turn the corner in a chapel, and there's a statue of St. Therese behind me. How wonderful these friends are. How beautiful it is to be like a little child, always being surprised and watched over and tended to. And in the feminine perspective, <laughs> a guy, when he's surprised, he's like, ah, and you jump. <laughs> Not so with a lady. Not so with a little girl. It's the most charming experience of your life. At the end of the trip, we had with us a little baby. His name was Colby. His parents hadn't been sure they were going to take him or if they were going to go at all. The Holy Spirit helped them decide, and off they went. And we had an audience with the Pope, us and 5,000 of our closest friends. <laughs> and they were standing right where they needed to, right up against the fence. And the mother was so brave and so bold. She was one of the three girls I had met that summer at St. Vincent's. Oh, cat's out of the bag. <laughs> and there was such confidence in her. How she had allowed God to build grace in her heart over the course of six years of her life. And there had been trials in it and tribulations and many joys. Her marriage, her baby boy, praise God. And now a pilgrimage to Rome. And I remember seeing her hold the child up. There was no fear, not no half. Oh, this is no, just over the fence. There was the boy. And here comes the Pope. Short in stature, this young girl. Didn't matter. It's like she was 10 feet tall. They couldn't miss her. And the Pope stopped. And it's really a beautiful thing to watch because the motions are, are so minute when the Pope like signals, yeah, that one like royalty, bringing the newly christened into the royal family, a small gesture. And the guard, the man, moved and took Colby. Colby didn't have a clue what was going on. <laughs> One moment his mother's holding him up like Simba, and suddenly he's flying through the air. <laughs> and his face didn't change. He was perfectly content. He didn't smile, he didn't cry, he was just, this is what's happening next. And the Pope took him, kissed his head, started to hand him back. Colby grabbed his pectoral cross. <laughs> and the Pope took the kid, apparently it's happened before, because he wasn't alarmed, and shook his hand until he let go. He shook it one more time. And took the kid back to his mother. And the crowd cheered. Because this little boy, this little boy had been touched by the Holy Father, by our spiritual father of all Christians. It was a great joy to behold. And little Therese had made the arrangements perhaps starting those six years back, to bring it all to fulfillment. 
one surprise, one little glorious step after another. And a crowd cheers because a child of God is blessed by the Father. And it's the feminine that carries and nurtures. And you know what it means suddenly that you must be like a child to enter the kingdom of God. And you rejoice to be part of such a beautiful and holy family. To have God as your father and Mary as your mother. To be brothers and sisters with so beautiful saints both in the church triumphant and here as we pass through the valley of tears. That's Therese, 23-year-old nun, who when she was 15 begged the Pope in another audience to let her enter the Carmel. It was insane. And the Pope leaned forward and said to the little girl, well, if God wills it, it will happen. And she grabbed his hands and said, no, Holy Father, if you say so, no one will argue with you. <laughs> That's confidence. That's boldness, the beauty, the bravery of a woman's heart. And just like Colby, two guards came and scooped her up and carried her off. But it was God's will. But it did all work out, one surprise after another. A moment of uncertainty, rewarded. Carried in your father's arms from one point of your life to another and gaining and growing and moving beyond your limitations with every step. And the steps aren't even yours. That's the power of God. That's the movement of grace. And it flows from one heart into another, first from the sacred into the immaculate, spilling forth. The Holy Spirit is laughter and love and tears. And from one saint to the next, to the ones in the making, down to us. And everything becomes grace. It doesn't matter if it's your disappointments, if it's your trials, if it's your tragedies. There are no hearts that feel them more keenly than the hearts of women. But God knows every mark. He knows exactly what you can withstand. He knows exactly how to heal you. And he says, let me turn all of this to your advantage, because I will. Have you not seen the signs? Have you not witnessed the miracles? Do you not know my face? Do my saints not stalk you? And they do. And they do. And so you grow like ground broken open so that seeds might be planted, so hearts are broken, seeds might be placed within. And the grace grows into the fruits of eternal life, and the ladies flower, only becoming more themselves, never truly growing old, but only more and more the children of the Most High. And Jesus Christ smiles at each and every one of you, and you come here and we celebrate Mass, 
and I hold up the Eucharist and you can see his face in it. And he looks at all of you, his lovely girls, his darling daughters, his beautiful brides, and he smiles. For before time began, he thought of each and every one of you and of how he could bring you closer to himself. Don't believe me? Look at little Therese, 15-year-old little French girl, dead by the time she's 23. One of the greatest saints of the 20th and 21st century. Incredible, unheard of. The gifts he wants to give us. The growth you can attain. My dear little flowers, let him water you with his grace. And you can find it anywhere and in any event. But most assuredly, around this altar of his sacrifice. God bless you this morning. If you would like more information about Kingdom Builders or would like to know how to bring this apostolate to your parish, please go to our website at buildingthroughhim.com and click Build With Us. This podcast is part of the Spoke Street Network. For more great podcasts, visit spokestreet.com.